What's up, everybody? Welcome to Full Spectrum Universe. My name is Rob Yox, and man, do we have a good show for you today. We have a guest today by the name of Angela Mitchell. She is part of North Shore Paranormal. She actually gave me my start in the paranormal community itself, so I owe her a debt of gratitude for that. She got me introduced to a lot of good people, a lot of fun stuff, and uh, let's, that's it, man. Let's get to it. Terrestrials on the moon. When he spies a discernible shape. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer. Because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one. No government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. All right. What's going on, Angela? How are you? Hey, how's it going? Not bad. That was actually the new intro. Thank yeah, you. That was, to, uh, pretty, that was pretty cool. Yeah, thank you to, cool. to Shadow Media Canada for helping me with that. It was actually uh, something that we worked on. It was it was a lot of fun, but uh took a little couple of tries, but we got it right. It was really yeah. good. I'm going to have to up my game now. <laughs> no, 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 no. So introduce yourself to everybody. Hey, everybody. I'm Angela. I am the founder of North Shore Paranormal Society. Um, I'm also the host of Ghost Talk. So I know a lot of people, okay, a few people watch my show. And um, other than that, I mean, that's that's pretty, that's pretty much it. Uh, let's see. I've, I've been with North uh, – I started North Shore Paranormal Society about two and a half years ago. It was – it, it was a mutual agreement with a co-worker, uh, Amy, and she was saying that, you know, hey, you know, I'm really interested in the paranormal. And I was like, oh, my God, so am I. And so we just, in the break room, just put it together. And I'm the type of person that whenever I go do something, I'm like all the way in. She's like, wow, I didn't know you were going to do all that. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Is there any, like, special event or something that happened to you that actually got you into the paranormal like community or something that made you want to look into it like a little bit further me personally no but i was married and my husband's sensitive so or my soon-to-be ex-husband so i'm in the divorce paper saturday but uh he's congratulations sensitive. i guess uh, yeah uh, <laughs> so he, he's sensitive and he he's a big guy my my ex works out all the time and you know he's a pretty intimidating guy so for him to wake up screaming freaked out about something like, I had to dig in. I'm like, what is even going on? I don't see anything. But he kept having all these night terrors, seeing shadow people in our room, staring at him at the end of the bed. I mean, and it would freak him out. And for him not to be scared of anything, I've never known the man to be scared of anything ever. For him to be terrified of whatever was going on, it blew my mind. And so it made me say, okay, well, we're going to figure this out. We're going to work together and we're going to really dig in deep and 
figure all this out. That way you're not scared. And, right. and that's why I got into it. That's pretty crazy. I mean, I, personally, I've never had any encounters or anything like that. So it's all, you know, I'm still fairly, like I said, fairly new to the community. So it's all still really new to me. But I mean, I've learned so much, especially from your group alone, which is another reason why I wanted to have you on, because I, I see you guys as like my epicenter of where I get a lot of my information from. So, you know, for me to show people what I see, it, I thought it would be a really good thing, which is really cool, you know. So obviously, my next question was how, uh, you know, how paranormal activity has impacted your life. Obviously, as you just said, it impacted you quite a bit. I mean, even big men can get scared. It's just what it is, you know. We all like to be alpha males, but if something's touching you in the middle of the night, you have no idea what it is. Of course, you're going to get freaked out a little bit. But uh, did now, did you always believe in the paranormal? Like growing up, did you believe in ghosts or anything extra, you know, extra in that sense? Yeah. Whenever I was nine years old, I actually had my deceased grandma come to me. And she walked me into my, because I grew up with my grandparents, she walked me into my grandmother's room and she pointed at a picture on the wall which was of her and then she walked me back into my room and she put me to bed and of course my my natural response was i had this dream well my sister said oh my god i had the same exact dream she did the exact same thing with me and then i mean it was other little things throughout you know um uh like one time i went into a house that people were saying was haunted looking for my my foster brother, and when I tried to open the door, something was stopping me. Like, it was just stopping, and I couldn't get in. I thought it was him. I was like, you little shit, open the door, you know? Finally, it just walked <laughs> up, and there was no possible way that that could have happened. So I've always believed in the paranormal, always. I've never had any doubt. But, I mean, I believe in aliens, and I believe in God, and I believe in hell. Like, I believe in a lot of stuff. Um, so I feel like... I don't need that confirmation just to believe what I believe. Well, of course, no. I mean, there's a lot of people who believe a lot of different things, and I, I, I agree with that. There's no confirmation needed, no validity to anybody's case. It's just what we believe, you know. And uh, but that's pretty cool, you know. I think it's a, it's a pretty crazy story, uh, you know. And I, like, like I said, I've learned a lot from you guys too, like with your investigations and what I've seen. I've also listened to your show a couple times too, so I get an understanding of what people actually go through. When they go to these places, I mean, have you ever been like nervous when you're investigating a place? Has there ever been like an overwhelming emotion that hits you? Was it whether it's excitement or nerves or something like that? Well, honestly, like I don't get very many experiences. I believe I'm a very closed off person. But there was one time when I went to the Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary in Tennessee. Um, and there was where the, it's the holding cell, you know, where they keep the prisoners and lock them in. And I was left in there by myself while uh, my ex and a friend of, or my brother went to go find a piece of equipment. And I was in there probably only 15 minutes, but I got this overwhelming sense that I need to get out of here. I need to get out of here. And, and it just was so overwhelming that I actually just got up, grabbed my stuff and walked right out the door. And I've never felt that. But I mean, if you think about it, that's probably exactly what the prisoner would have felt inside that holding cell you know you're you're closed up in there and but i mean i don't i don't scare easy at all so uh, well, I, I definitely feel it was some other emotion at play you think that maybe something was uh nudging you towards a specific emotion maybe convincing you to feel like a little maybe a little claustrophobic the walls are coming in you're feeling a little anxiety 
That's pretty yeah. crazy. You know, you know, that's something to explore too, is how entities possibly instill something upon you, whether it, I know we all know there's attachments and things like that, but just to instill specific emotions to make you feel specific ways, maybe, you know, that's, if, if anything, that would be what they were trying to do, you know, in that sense. So that's, that's pretty incredible. I mean, there's a lot that goes on with investigations. Can can you like break down what goes into an investigation? What's your process to get, let's say you find a place. Okay. Or what goes into your process of actually finding a place that you're like, all right, we're going to go there. That's what we're going to do. Well, um, with me, I, I followed like how you said that I got you into the paranormal part of it by watching my group. I watched, uh, things, uh, and it, it, it's a really great group. It, it's a big group. And I kind of followed what they did and everything that they were doing. They were going to these huge places. And it made me realize, hey, that's what I want to do. And the first big place I've ever gone was Waverly Hills. And mm-hmm. so when I went there, I was, I, was, I was blown away by the size of this place and just amazed by the history of it. it, it it's so amazing. Now, the, going into it, I had a plan, but we really didn't stick with the plan because we were kind of all over the place. It had more people than I liked because we did a group tour or like a public tour instead of a private tour and alert from that part. But definitely, definitely have a plan going in, like know what you're going to do, know what rooms you're going to investigate, know what techniques you're going to use um, and make sure you're going with a smaller group because you go with too many people, you, you, you're going to get flooded out like uh with the public investigation we had so many people there uh like at brushy mountain and we had they double booked we had so many people there that all the evps that i got i had to just toss them out there was no way i could say it was not a person because it was just too crowded well yeah i mean it would probably become a party at that point because of course you guys are going to be there hanging out and there's a lot of talk and I mean, of course, you want to concentrate and try and figure out what you're looking into. Is is there is now? You talked about Waverly Hills. Where is Waverly Hills? That's in um. That is in Kentucky. Where is it? Was Louisville, that your favorite? Was, was, was that your favorite place? Is that the no. favorite place you've ever been to? No. No. What? I, okay. I would say that Duff Green Mansion in Vicksburg, Mississippi was my favorite place. I had the most activity there. Um, the whole night, it, w- it was just such an active night. I had, like, the team we brought in was a uh, great South Carolina, so it was us and them. They had cameras set up everywhere. At one point, you, you saw a, a little person, you know, it was somebody probably about yay high that was peeking in the door and it just left. I mean, it was just so much activity and um, shadow all over the place. I had a shadow in my room where I was trying to take pictures. I had a camera set up in my room and I just never got anything. It was just so frustrating, but personally seeing it, I saw a lot. That's awesome. That's awesome. I personally have, I've seen shadow people uh, out of the corner of my eye. I've never actually encountered uh, any kind of entity that's like that. So would you say that 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 place in Mississippi, right? You said Mississippi would be the the investigation like that you're most proud of? I I would say not that I'm most proud of because, I mean, it would probably be a home investigation that I'm most proud of when you get that confirmation that somebody said 
thank you so much for coming in. You made things better. And that's what I'd be most proud of. But it was definitely the most exciting investigation that I went on. Right. So that leads me to my next question, which is you guys do residential and large places as well, mm -hmm. like big facilities and things like that. How now when it comes down to it and you say you help people for the audience, please explain um, what exactly goes into helping these people. What is the I know that there's a desired outcome. What steps do you get to, to make that outcome a possibility or to make that happen? What do you do to, to rid these people of this, uh, you know, basically them being uh, haunted in that sense? Well, I'm a big believer in sage and breaking up all energies. Like, and if you if you bring in the sage, then you're not only breaking up negative energy, you're breaking up all energies in in the atmosphere. Um, I don't believe you could ever really completely rid a house of a spirit um, because I believe the spirit realm and our realm are just so close together that they they just it, it just intertwines. It just happens, but. You can give somebody peace for a while until that spirit does come back. Um, what I would do, like we do a full investigation, um, sometimes a couple of days. After we do the full investigation, then we look at evidence. We go and see what, where things are happening at, if we caught anything, EVPs, names, um, in the picture, if there's we caught anything we know the next time to go to that spot and focus more on that area um and then in the end if we're if we're just not getting anything or if we're if we did get something and you know we try to communicate like one house that we went to they were sure it was something evil they were so sure but it, it i really believe that it was the guy's father and we had so much activity when communicating with the guy's father and that gave him the sense like oh well i don't want this spirit to go if dad wants to stay then yeah let dad stay and that gave him peace like that that so. that's incredible that's incredible because you took a situation that was supposedly people would look at that and say well that's that's terrible that they're getting haunted but you turned it into such a positive situation and that's the other thing is that you know, a lot of people that are in these specific paranormal groups or paranormal things, they don't realize that we actually, you know, maybe if you hear it on a show or you're out there investigating, so you're actually in the field. But, you know, these are life changing events for people. You took his negative and turned it into a positive, which means you're doing good work. You know, you're helping people out there. And that's a, to me, that's super admirable. And it's a really big deal, you know. There's a lot of different ways you can help people, whether it's giving them a dollar on the street or changing their perception on something. Something that they thought was bad now is good to them, you know, and, and that's 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 amazing. That's amazing. I commend you for that. I commend you for that. Now, another question I have is, uh, have you ever gone to a place, let's say, that people said was super haunted or not haunted at all? And you debunked it in a sense where if it was super haunted, you went there and you saw that there was nothing. Or you went to a place that was not haunted at all and found a ton of stuff. I, I believe, like, full-heartedly that places have their times and days. So I can't, I can't say that I've done that because where when we went to Duff Green and it was really, really, really active, it's the same one that the Civil War happened, and it was a very active time. So it could very well be the date. The date might have been important, you know, could have been the month. It could have been somebody in the house that they related to. It's, there's a whole bunch 
added to that. And so another person coming in might not have got the same activity as we did just because of an element that's not there. So I can never debunk whether it has activity or not have activity because you just don't know because different days you have different stuff. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, if we want to get to like the, uh, let's say like the scientific side of, of this whole uh, paranormal phenomenon and things like that, what do you feel happens that, um, that what's your take on what makes these uh, entities able to pass through a veil or a portal or so, how do they get to us? I believe we're, we're uh, like a kind of a pyramid type thing going on. And, and then we're here and your spirits are here. And I think it's so close together that they're able to go up to heaven or they're able to come down to see us. That's why our loved ones can come visit us because they're, it's such a thin veil. Now, if you want to ask to a plane, you can go up into that second level. And some people could even go up into that other level, but I don't have that ability yet. But I do definitely believe that is why we're getting it. So any building, you don't have to have somebody that died in a building. The house I'm in right now could have spirits if I wanted to contact them, if I wanted to talk to my grandma and say, hey, grandma, come talk to me. Then I could, if she wanted to come down, I believe she could. That's that's interesting. I, I I think I think definitely think you're on the right track with that. Um, from what I understand of it, you know, I think that there is a veil and there is a way to pierce that veil at certain points and spots, and that's how they're able to get through. That's hence why maybe that's why certain houses are haunted all the time, whether it be different entities like 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 the Waverly Hills house or whatever it is, the uh, the jails and things like that. That's a place for them to come through, and they know that, so they get there and then they come through. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, now when you're, like I said, when you're preparing, I'm sure that there's an anxiety of what you're going to find when you get to these houses, how far have you traveled to actually, uh, to like your furthest investigation from where you live? How far would you go to get to that house to help these people? To somebody's house, probably locally. I prefer to go to huge buildings. Like now, my team members like uh, Howard. He would prefer to do a residential, and he'd probably go pretty far. But I, I wouldn't. I would find a team that's close by and have that team step in and help them out. But going to like a haunted building or a structure that I'm very interested in seeing, I, I I'm traveling 12 hours next Wednesday just to go to wow. Indiana. Wow, that's pretty so cool like, though. Yeah, <laughs> you get to see all these places. I mean, and you're also doing good work in the meantime. You know. Now, when you're on an investigation, do you have like a favorite piece of equipment? Is there a specific job that you like to do most or specific rooms you have to check out? That's like your process. Um, as far as rooms, like, of course, you want to go to the room that had the most the most energy. in. so like if there is an operation room or if there is a drop to, you know, somewhere that's going to really hold a lot of that energy. I, I feel like maybe you can actually pull something out of that quicker than you can a room that just somebody slept in. Um, as far as equipment, of uh, just a voice recorder and my camera, and I'm fine. I, I can go in with just that because, uh, you know, I do it for the experience. I don't really need to share the evidence. I, I do it because I want to just figure it out for myself. 
So if I just get that little bit, then I'm, I'm fine. Um, I do like the escape method, which is where you go in blindfolded with, with your uh, muffs on, listening to the spirit box. Uh, and then another person will ask the questions and you'll you'll be just saying what the spirit box says. And I really like that method. And I've gotten some really good stuff off of that. Uh-huh. That's pretty cool. Um now I know that that there is a in the paranormal community there is like a, a line where some people when you talk about like demon spirits or things like that some people like to talk about it some people don't I was actually watching your show the last one you did and the gentleman that you had on did not like the D word the demons yeah. the, the reason behind that and like I I find it too is because people are so quick to say my house has a demon and it's not no i probably not because you know i i would not if i really thought somebody had a demon in their house i wouldn't go in i'm not messing with demons i'm, I'm not qualified for that at all and they're going to be a lot more powerful than me i'm not going to be able to handle it I, I would be in trouble if i tried to go tackle that right but, uh, a negative energy or a, a negative entity it's a different story. You can actually reach them. You can actually find out what's going on. You can communicate because they were once a person. They weren't some some demon that just wants to, you know, hurt you. Right, right. Now, now, if if you want to, and I'm I'm going to ask you if you could get into like your worst experience while you were in a house. Worst, as in, let's say, like the one where you felt like I know you had that experience where you ran out, but you felt like. There was nothing you could do at that moment or uh, like a like any kind of despair in a sense, like, you know what, this is just lost cause or, you know. I've never felt that way. I, like I said, I'm very closed off. I don't get a lot of activity happening to me. Um, I have a couple of people that are sensitive in my group and they get a lot more than me. And most of my evidence that I collect is aftermath on EVPs, off the camera, off the video camera, you know, stuff like that. But with me, I've never had a moment where I, I felt like I needed to back off. It, it never happened. Now, my ex, um, we, we did the first house we ever cleansed. We did uh, bring home an attachment. Uh, and it also went home with another, uh, you know, another attachment, I guess, went home with another one of my teammates, Gabe. But with my with my ex, he woke up and was actually being choked. I slept like a baby. I was, I hit him. I'm like, stop. You know, what are you doing? Shut up. Shut up. Yeah. I'm sleeping. <laughs> he stopped gasping for air. So the next day, I text him. I'm like, man, you really need to get tested for sleep apnea because you were, like, really gasping for air. And he was like, was that real? I thought I was sleeping because... A, a black shadow figure jumped on me and started choking me. So that, wow. that hmm, okay, well, I'm going to stage the house now. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's, a, that's scary. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that might be one of the reasons why I don't think I've ever actually gone on an investigation because I've heard stories like that. And that is, that scares the hell out of me. Scares yeah. the hell out of me. But yeah, him too. That's why we're getting divorced. <laughs> I mean, that's just, it's crazy. That's crazy to me. Now, inside of the paranormal community, is there any grievances that you have that you want to express for us? I ask this of everybody of, like, inside of their community. Is there one thing that just pisses you off about the whole thing? Yeah, I watch a lot of, like, I don't watch any of the shows because the shows 
they get on my nerves. They, they really do. It, it's so far-fetched. It's not what's really going on. You go into a house, you're sitting down quietly for most of the time. It's not all this action that everybody thinks it is when you watch those shows. Um, the only show that I really respect would probably be the new Ghost Hunters. But, I mean, I don't watch a lot of them, so I can't really speak out for any other ones. Um, but what really makes me mad is I watch all these YouTube videos. I watched a lot of YouTube videos before I actually went out there. And the ones that really provoke and act stupid, it pisses me off. Like, I watched one where they were outside of a graveyard and they're throwing rocks. It's like, that, it don't make no sense. It's just silly, and it doesn't, it's disrespectful. You're in a cemetery, their final resting place, and you're throwing rocks in there. It just, it, that pissed me off. That That's crazy. That That is really disrespectful. And you know what? Even even though there's supposedly nobody there, there is entities, and they're laid to rest. You know that's a place of rest, and people shouldn't be like that. It's yeah. kind of an epitome for how the world is now and how hateful people are. But you know we won't get into that. That's a whole oh. different story. And that, for, that reminds me of something else. Like you were saying, did I ever have a feeling where I wasn't welcome? That's not true because I did go into St. Louis Number Two Cemetery in New Orleans, and I've been there before, and. and I've been there after, but one day I went in there and I just had this very unwelcome feeling. It was so overwhelming. I felt like my 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 skin was greasy. I felt like really dirty. I felt like a bad taste in my mouth. It was a really negative feeling. Um, but like I said, I've been in there before and I've been in there after and I've never had it again. So it had to be something with the day, maybe somebody's birthday or somebody's death day. They didn't want company. They were just making a point. They don't want me there. But I got in the car, and I was with a really good friend of mine, Jerry, who is also on my team. And he, he said he couldn't even drink his coffee. It just felt, it tasted so grimy. I'm like, yeah, I feel really bad, too. I'm nauseous. It, it, like, I feel really disgusted. And he's like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. So, you know, just for us to kind of tell each other the same exact kind of symptoms that we're feeling, it kind of. Something's you know, going on. Something's going on. And that's crazy because, you know, a, a, an influx of emotion and a lot of things communicate through just emotion, whether, you know, whether it's a UFO encounter, your emotions is what tips you off to something's really going on. You know, when people get abducted or you have somebody, something haunting you, it really it, it's it's your emotions that that kind of flip that switch and makes you realize something's not right, you know, but that's intense. That's intense to feel not welcome, especially when there's nobody else around. And then it does all that stuff to you. I mean, that, that, that that's an incredible story. Now, inside of the community, is there something that you're most grateful for or that you really, really enjoy? Uh, Para-Unity. When I first started, I tried to get in touch with the team in New Orleans. And I'm like, hey, look, I'm just starting out. Can I, can I tag along with you? And this guy shot me down real quick, really quick. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to do this on my own. And then, like, when I joined uh, Team Things, and they were so overwhelmingly welcoming. And so many teams that are connected to them in their network were just, like, uh, Brent and Emma. Like, it was just so overwhelming with how welcomed I felt. And then you got George Shoplin, who every day I'd watch his video, and he just brightened my day because he's such a positive person. I absolutely love him and his wife. And it's just... I, I definitely. Well, I can concur on that. You know, uh, when you got me into some of these groups, these people were just 
one thing I like to say to everybody is I can't wait to learn from each other because in any experience you can learn from anybody, whether they're five years old or 70 years old. And these people just, they, they knew I had no experience and they just let me in and let me do my thing and ask questions and they were never annoyed. And it was, it was a really great experience with those people. And I'm appreciative for, of you for introducing me to that because a lot of groups aren't like that. If you go into ufology, I know I keep going back to ufology, but if you go into ufology, you don't know what you're talking about. Somebody's going to be like, well, you're an ass. Get out of here. Next. You know, so it definitely it, wasn't like that. It was complete family. Like uh, every single day I'd watch uh, Chris Coomer's uh, message on Facebook. I'd go watch George Shoplin's message on Facebook. Like, I loved it. It just gave me such like I felt so much goodness from both of them and it was really good. Like, I mean, I made some friends for life, no doubt, in this field. I love it. And, I like, all respect for everybody involved. Well, they also say that when you have uh, experiences that kind of tether together, you're more likely to relate to each other, too. So it's, a, you know, on a psychology basis, that's a, it's, it's a good way to make really good friends because you've probably th- been through some stuff together, especially exploring houses like you guys do. Can you uh, – another question I have is can you, like, explain your team to us? Like, who's a part of your team? What do they do? Give us a rundown of how you, what your team looks like. Um, like, nobody on my team has any real special abilities. We're all just normal people. I believe everybody has some kind of special ability, but we haven't tapped into any of ours yet. Um, my, my teammate, Bridget, she's probably the closest. She gets a lot of activity and kind of foresees things happening. So if somebody's going to die in the family, she kind of gets a lot of activity at her house, like a warning. So she always knows when something bad's going to happen. She can kind of guess what kind of sex the baby's going to be when somebody's pregnant. So, I mean, wow. she's pretty cool, but she hasn't learned how to really tap into that, and she really wants to. So I've met a lot of great people I'm going to introduce her to. She's really paranoid about COVID, so she's not doing nothing right now. Amy is my co-founder. She She's really sensitive. Bridget's her sister. Um, Amy's not as sensitive as Bridget, but Amy's had a lot of paranormal history like she she's seen some stuff herself and she she's always like anywhere we go she gets something and i I wish i had that but i don't um jerry is very in-depth and empathic he's he's he can kind of sense things uh so like he walked into one house and he was like all right i'm getting a guy that loves fishing and i'm like looking around i'm like where do you even get that from there it's a woman's house i don't even know of a guy that but then, then the woman was like, oh, my dad is obsessed with fish, and he passed away in the time, you know. So he, he's really, like, he, he's kind of hit and miss sometimes, because sometimes I'm like, I don't know if that's his Jerry, his Jerry Liabetes or what's going <laughs> on. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, like, sometimes it gets confirmed, and it's like, wow. Um, and then we have Bridget and Amy's husband, who are also very interested in the paranormal. And they don't really get to go with us much because one is a truck driver and one uh, is a, a captain on a tugboat. Uh, Howard is another member. He he lost his daughter and she was pregnant and he really believes it was demonic. Um, he, she, she committed suicide, which is a horrible oh. story, but he... He's actually the house that we went to go investigate, and the attachment came home with us. Um, but you should definitely listen to his story because he's like it, it's so heartbreaking. But what he's doing out of it, like creating this whole uh, foundation in her name, 
it, it just blows my mind. He's such a great person, and I love him to death. And then his uh, his girlfriend Jackie is like really a quiet member that don't really say much, but she's part of the team. Um, and then I have a friend Gabe who is from Nicaragua, and he had so many experiences growing up with the Ouija board, so many negative experiences, it just blows my mind. Uh, so he won't touch the Ouija board like at all. And anytime <laughs> somebody says that, like I, like I think of him automatically, and like he's a no. <laughs> nope, 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 not touching it, not touching <laughs> it. I don't like the Ouija board either, to be quite honest. I, I can I can relate to that very much. Uh, we used to we used to push it around on each other when we were kids and make up all types of stories while we were going. So it was it was fun, but I mean that's a pretty big team. Uh, most teams usually that I see usually consist of like four, maybe five people. You got a pretty big team, but that was, it sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, you guys go to a house, and you guys I'm sure are all close. Mm-hmm. Now. Uh, Talking about teams, I I want to get into Ghost Talk. I know you, you're the host of Ghost Talk. I, I believe I saw you. Uh, uh, Amy was on there. Was it Amy who yeah, does it with? She, yep, she does it with you sometimes. I've seen her on there a couple of times. Tell us about your show. Tell us, t- you know, what you're trying, what you're trying to accomplish with the show, what your goals are for the show, and what what you're trying to bring to people. Your message. So what I'm like fascinated by is listening to people's stories, listening to their paranormal encounters. And I work at, like, I work at Hidden Security at a major retail store. And so I have 550 associates under me. And I can't tell you how many times they've come up to me and they're like, oh, you're into the paranormal. Let me tell you my story. So just listening to everybody. I mean, you got 550 people. You're going to hear a lot of stories. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do a show. And I'm going to let some of these people talk about their paranormal, you know, their paranormal experiences. Because... Like they're, you know, like these, they were at first it was people that just really didn't have a whole lot of uh, experiences, but now it's turned into teams with all this experience. So, wow. Started, we started doing it just recording and then I, I went to live because COVID, but it's working out a lot better live TV. So I think I'll stick with that even after COVID is finally done after this election, you know? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, see, for me, I always do interviews live because I feel that this is a more candid approach to an interview for mm-hmm. doing a, a specific show. I might tape it, but I can still you can still record and then produce it live, too. It's just something that I'm trying to look into now. But, you know, I used to work at a warehouse overnights and it was supposedly haunted from what they said. People would be upstairs. The lights would turn off. Uh, we It was a big warehouse and there used to be things that were like on the fourth or fifth shelf up, which is probably about 50 feet up. And it would just fly off the shelf across the other side. And they actually had a team come in there and look at it. And they said it was haunted, but they couldn't get rid of it. They couldn't figure out exactly what the specifics were or why it was even there. So, uh, but, the, you know, it, it was a big thing. And that's, I guess that's probably one of my first encounters with that kind of teamwork for, you know, putting a team together and things like that. So, uh, yeah, everybody should go check out her show. It's amazing. It's called Ghost Talk. She does it inside of uh, on uh, in her Facebook group, the North Shore Paranormal Society. I'm sure she also has it to her website, which you should go to her website, check Angela out. It is it's a great show. It's very informative. Um, so, when he, what's coming up for you, Angela? What's what's next on the agenda for you? Well, like I said, next Wednesday I'm driving by myself twelve hours to go finally meet uh, the members of things. I'm gonna meet Tim and Jeremy, Chris, his wife Amanda, 
uh, Frank and Ricky. I'm really excited, but we're going to first do the Monroe House. Uh, and I think it's going to be four of us doing the Monroe House. And then after that, we're going to go over to the Randolph Asylum. So, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Tim has That's awesome. He likes to test people and see if they can do this challenge where you blindfold left in the most haunted part of the place. And I'm really looking forward to that. You're going to be doing that? You're going to be there with the blindfold on? Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Stand up, blindfold on, left all by myself. I'm, I'm down. I'm ready. That's wild. That's wild that you're wild. Now, <laughs> what's the story behind the uh, Monroe House? Do you know Do you know what the backstory is of it? I do not. I, ne I never looked into either one of them yet. I've been so busy. So you're literally going in blind both ways. Not yeah. only. <laughs> so uh, now we have a couple of questions too that we're gonna I'm gonna uh, go through here that the uh, audience is actually asking. Now we have a, a gentleman by the name of Sonny out there, and he says your best recorded evidence of the paranormal, whether it be video, audio, etc. Do you have a piece I, of evidence that's that you feel is your best evidence? I really think an EVP that I got in Waverly Hills was probably the most amazing evidence I got. We were in the operating room and we got very clearly, it's like a dream. And if you think about it, if you're going into surgery and you're going out, it's going to be like a dream. So right. it, it's very clear. You can hear it clear as day. And uh, I'm pretty sure that's on the website. So you can look at it on the website. If not, it's on our YouTube channel. Um, also, North Shore Paranormal Society. Uh, you can type that in and find our YouTube channel. But uh, it, it's clear as day. Uh, another one is whenever we were doing a spirit box or ITC session with Howard uh, trying to communicate with his daughter, um, wow. we had these huge orbs going over the table. Like, huge, um, like it, it wasn't like little duh. It, it wasn't, you couldn't explain it. It was these huge white and black orbs going over the table and wow. coming, like, it, it was. It's also on our YouTube channel. You can look at that. But oh, you, that too. You got that on tape? That's yeah. like, actually, oh my God, that's wild. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah. We're getting so much activity. And then, like I said, uh, my my uh, teammate Gabe, who's the one from Nicaragua, he, he was feeling all kinds of weird sensations. Uh, Howard was feeling all kinds of weird sensations. Um, so just to see that with the words we were getting, the communication we were getting, it, it was pretty wild. That's crazy. We have another question here from Watchers Talk Radio, which is my friend Omar. He asks, would you feel that shadow people would fall under paranormal or extraterrestrial? I definitely think paranormal. It's just my belief. I know that there's a lot of different uh, views on that, but I believe it's paranormal. I believe it's just people watching over you. Um, I believe they can be bad, but I believe mostly they're just, they're just curious about you. Now, it could be... It could be aliens, but I, I think it's paranormal. Gotcha. So what do you think that the shadow people actually are, if you had to say what they are? Like watchers. Like, like it could be it could be just like different realms of spirits that come in to watch you, to kind of see what you're doing, um, and kind of just pay attention to you. And that's why I think they cling on to some people and not others. But like I said, my ex, he, he, he had shadow people... Like it would, it would get like to once a week or once every couple of days where you would see him in our, in our room. And I mean, they never heard him until that one time he got choked. And that was probably because it was a different one that came home. Right. So that was actually a shadow person that choked him in his sleep, he, he said? 
it was a dark figure that jumped on him and started choking him. Wow, wow. All right, we have another question here by Sonny, and he asked, have you ever encountered a benevolent spirit or demons besides the one, of course, that was choking your ex-husband out? But while you're on an investigation, have you ever encountered something that was benevolent in that sense or maybe evil? No, I have never felt anything evil. I mean, other than like that's at the graveyard, I've never felt anything that was evil. Uh, I feel like I'm very of a very grounded person. I feel like that I'm too grounded. I don't know that, you know, like I can't make it to where I, I reach that next level. I think if I can get to that next level through meditation or really finding myself, then I, I think that I, I would probably encounter that more. But I think I'm too grounded to ever really have that kind of experience. That's crazy. That's crazy. I have another question here. It says Facebook user. I'm trying to figure out who it is. Oh, it's actually Barbie. And oh, okay. uh, yeah, Barbie's here. She says, what's your favorite piece of equipment to use? Uh, like I said, it's the, uh, just the voice recorder. My favorite thing to use. I absolutely love using body cam. I, I, I would buy a bunch of them if I could, if I had the money. Um, but I also, you know, you just attach it to your shirt and you just go and you don't have to worry about hitting the button off and on. It just records for 10 hours straight. After I get done with an investigation, I stick it on my shelf and let it watch me sleep. <laughs> That's so I definitely it. Like the body the voice recorder is a must. You have to have a voice recorder because you're going to catch so much stuff on that. Okay. Now, for people who are just starting out, what would you say that they would need in their in their tool belt to get started and to get out there immediately? What what items would you say that they should procure before they go out into the field? Honestly, if you bring your cell phone, a K two meter, and a voice recorder, you're good. You got a on your cell phone. You've got you've got a you actually can use a voice recorder on your cell phone so your cell phone would be a good like if you don't have the money right now and you want to get out there go to a cemetery check it out bring your cell phone and you got a camera you got a voice recorder you got a compass you've got a flashlight i mean you, wow. you're good yeah that's true I mean, that's definitely true you know it's, it's a lot a lot of wild stuff you know and this this topic to me is is like i said before it's not super familiar so I'm also learning while we do this because I'm I've before I uh, got into these communities I never really had any experience with it. A lot of my stuff was into conspiracy theories and ufology, but you know I feel like I learn a lot just talking to people and in conversations. If what 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 would be one message that you want to tell people about maybe getting them into this or you know what what some advice that you would give somebody? Team up with somebody that knows what they're doing before you go in there blind. Definitely, even if you got shot down by somebody, somebody's going to be willing to take you under their wing because there is a lot of love in the paranormal uh, world. Um, definitely don't go in there by yourself. I mean, I know there's a lot of solo investigators, but a lot can go wrong, even not in the paranormal side, but you can get hurt. We're going into abandoned buildings in the dark. And you can fall down the stairs, break a leg, and then nobody knows you're even in there. So it, it could be really risky. So I would definitely say bring a friend. Always go in in pairs, um, and then don't go in large crowds because if you go in large crowds, you're gonna you're gonna defeat your purpose. Not too big, but not too small. Have you have you ever investigated alone? No, I wouldn't go alone. Good, good. That's good. That's good. I mean, we've covered. I'd be a- alone, but I wouldn't be like I know somebody's checking on me, but I wouldn't. Well, of course, you guys would have radios at that point. I would assume, right? What's the what's the wildest thing you ever heard come out of a spirit box? 
the wildest thing? The wildest thing I, I would think is whenever we're doing the stick method, uh, I had my best friend, Teresa, who's also on my team, her and Ray, I didn't name earlier because they're kind of, they, Teresa's my best friend, she just comes with me. She's not interested in the paranormal at all, but she's my best friend, so she just tags along. She's usually in the corner drinking some whiskey or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and then Ray, she's really good. But uh, the best thing out of a spirit box would have been whenever I was like talking at an old bar in Bogalusa, Louisiana, and I'm like, come over by me. And Teresa, who's just repeating what she's hearing, she can't hear me at all, said, come over by me. Same exact thing I said. So it, it was like, oh, hello. <laughs> That's wild. That's wild. So I, I, a lot of these things, they make my like my hair stand up when you say it sometimes. Like, because I think of myself in these positions, and I'm like, oh my god, I'd be bugging out, I'd be freaking out, I'd be freaking out. Um, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I, you know, like we were talking about the community before, and uh, who are the people that you say taught you what you know right now about? So you know, give some names to people to look into so they can go and do some of their own research. And follow these people as well. Who do you think taught you or who do you feel is responsible for teaching you the ropes and getting you into this in a proper way? I would say team things, definitely. Uh, Tim and Chris Schumer. Um, Misty Pearl, she's, she's not in it anymore for some reason. But she was a huge inspiration to me. And anytime like the ghost hunters would go on a live show on things, paranormal or things, uh, in, international, whatever, um, she would tag me and I would go watch it and just watching them. And I actually watched their whole season and then I watched their last season. And so definitely, you know, like Brian Murray and Rochelle, man, I have mad respect for them. And I really have never watched these shows because I've always thought they were fake. And, you know, nothing against Zach Baggins. He's a really good looking guy. But, you know, he just, everything's a demon and he's just goofy, you know? Right, but, right. So I just never was interested. And then, you know, uh, go to Morgan City because that's so close to me. I watched that one, and I, I thought it was a really good, really good show into the last episode. And then the last episode, I was like, "You lost me, man. That's just not happening. You're you're fake." I mean, and I, I say that with the most love because I love them. They're they're really great people. But sometimes the network makes you do something you usually wouldn't do, and I, I believe that was what happened. They well, had to have a golden show. Well, of course, that's part of being paid to do it and freelancing and doing it yourself. There's always that you're toting that line of what's maybe uh, assumption or what's actually happening. Now, uh, I had a good question and I lost it. But, uh, you know, I, I feel that we've we've gone over quite a bit today. And, and you know, if 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 let's say let's say you're out there. Right. And, I, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong now. If if you're hearing somebody say to you on the on the spirit box, get out, get out, would you stay or would you actually get out? I mean, that actually happened to me before. We were at a cemetery that uh, uh, in in I think it was Bogalusa too, and I really I wanted to go into the woods, but it kept saying demon in woods. It kept saying that, and I'm like, well, I'm going to go in the woods anyway. I don't care what it says. I mean, I'm not scared. But then it said it again, don't go in woods or something like that. It said something like that to where I actually stopped and I said, okay, I'm going to listen because obviously that's, it don't want me to go in there. So, right. So, I mean, I, I would listen. I would definitely, if they asked me to leave, I would leave. I, I'm not going to disrespect any spirit. 
Now, knowing that you are, you know, into this specific line of work, do you feel that you have a spirit guide or somebody who is, uh, you know, pushing you in the right direction to bring it to these places or kind of motivating you? I believe that I have animal spirit guides uh, wholeheartedly. I, I've had animal vision, like animal totems that really led me in the direction. I, I read cards. I left my cards when I left my house, but um, I, I do read my cards. My cards told me that it was going to be a major end in something. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm getting divorced. <laughs> and I did. Like, I mean, you know, so, like, I, I really pay attention to all that. I really believe we're all in tune. It's a one big old bubble, you know, and just different layers of it. And But it's all in, all together. But I do, I, I definitely get visions of animals and, and what the meeting would be. You know, I have to figure out and, you know, and I go in that direction. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Now, Here's the question I like to ask people at the when we get closer to the end so we can go over a little bit. For all those people out there who don't believe, what do you have to say to those people? You know, you can get all the evidence in the world and people would debunk it. They'd be like, well, no, it was this, this, and this. You know, you, there's some great evidence out there, um, stuff that can't be explained. But if you don't believe in it, you're not going to believe in it until you get an experience. So it's not going to be the evidence that convinces somebody it's going to be that day and they will have it because everybody gets at least something where they're like, what the hell happened? And um, that experience is going to be what proves to them that it is real. I mean, even if it's after they die, they're going to be like, Oh, okay. Oh, well, I'm here now. I guess I got to say hi. Right. (laughs) So we have another question from Sonny. He says, have you ever encountered anything strange, like an unnatural animal or Bigfoot while investigating? No, I, I haven't. And I've gone to look for the uh, the Rougarou. I I'm actually trying to do a documentary on that. My son-in-law is a big-time hunter, and he's going to help me. And we're thinking about, like, in October when hunting season starts up because you just can't carry a gun anywhere. I'm not going in there without a gun. But uh, Yeah, right. I wouldn't either. I, I, I do believe, though, like 100%. Like, my dad is – like, the show we're doing next week on Ghost Talk, it's going to be on – on Monday instead of on Wednesday because I am traveling on Wednesday. But the guy on it is a book uh, for, he's for Bigfoot. He, he believes in Bigfoot. He, he hunts Bigfoot. He goes out on these little adventures. And so it's going to be a different kind of show for next week. And I'm going to have my dad as a guest, oh yeah, as a co-host, because my dad is so knowledgeable on Bigfoot. Really? Well, that, that's right. I mean, if you get closer to like the center of the country, I feel like that they have more of a culture for Bigfoot. I'm in New York, so we don't really have a lot of Bigfoot stuff here. Um, I know that there's something, you know, in the mountains, in the Casco Mountains that they classify as a Bigfoot. But I mean, for me, anything that, that I can't explain, I feel like until it's proven that there isn't, it's a possibility. So Bigfoot for me is pretty cool. That's like Skinwalker Ranch. You know, Skinwalker Ranch, I'm not sure. There's a lot of really strange stuff happening there. It's not just Skinwalkers or whatever, Bigfoots or whatever. There's so many things happening with hauntings and UFOs. It's like a paranormal paradise. It's like they have everything that you could possibly think of that happens in a paranormal community at this ranch. What do you? How do you feel about that place? I mean, that place is just—it's wild to me. Like, I've never even looked into it to be honest with you. But uh, I, with the Bigfoot, you know, like my theory kind of is, like I said before, I believe that our world and like we have different dimensions close to us, 
I believe Bigfoot's of another world, and that's why you're not getting this evidence, this hardcore evidence that you should see, because I think it's just coming in and going right back out. And Kind of it, like it hops dimensions, like it comes yeah, into this dimension and then sneaks back out. That's why it's the ultimate hide-and-seek champion of the world. That's why you're not getting, I mean, like so many people have seen it, but we can't get evidence of it. And why isn't it tearing us to pieces, you know? I mean, I've had that's people true. that said, I, I saw Dogman and like it chased me. Well, he would have got you, you know? So that's why I believe that it, it could be, and I'm, I could be wrong. I haven't looked into it enough, but that's my theory. Well, not only that, they say that a place that has a lot of activity with Bigfoot also has a lot of UFO activity too, which means that it could be like a beam me up Scotty situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like where it comes down, it goes up, it could be some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of, some kind of uh, alien entity itself. But and, maybe uh, aliens are, are traveling not through space like we just assume they are, but through these dimensions. Like they are superior beings. Like they don't need space. They could be traveling through these dimensions. That's true. Pockets, you know, there's all types of stuff. Teleportation. I mean, there's so many different theories we could go into with Bigfoot that it's just, it's almost never going to actually ever be solved because of that. We're not, we're not, we're not there. Right, right. And uh, I mean, this has been a really great episode. We're, uh, We're getting closer to the end now. And just to let everybody know that after we finish an episode on this channel, what we do is we have a subscription service on Subscribestar where you get an extra half hour to 45 minutes with the guest. We do an, a backstage pass. It's recorded. It's usually up the next day. So, uh, you know, just to give everybody a heads up, if you go to subscribestar.com backslash full spectrum universe for only $2, you can go ahead and you can have all the extra content that we give available to people. Um, now, one more question I have for Angela before we go today. What is, What's it, when you first meet somebody and you tell them about being a ghost hunter or a paranormal investigator, what's the story that you tell them? What, you know, when you first encounter them? Um, that I like a lot of times I'll tell them about my goals. My goal is to own a haunted bed and breakfast. And so, like, most of my conversations would go with, uh, this isn't what I'm going to do forever. This is just what I'm doing right now. What my goal is, is a haunted bit of breakfast. And they're like, what? And, and that, that really is like, I make good money working w- what I do, but like, I just, I feel like a connection to the paranormal world now. Like I, I believe my husband or my soon to be ex-husband made an impact on me. He was brought into my life to, to get me interested in it. And like, I mean, I'm just obsessed now. Like I, I really, I, I want to go explore everything. I want to do everything, but yeah. Well, that they say there's no such thing as coincidence. And, yeah. you know, people, are, people when they're set out, they're meant to do certain things. And there's always something that puts them into that direction. You know, one uh, well, other question I'm thinking about right now is, are you are you training yourself in any way to maybe open? I know you said you're very closed off. Are you very are you are you training yourself to try and maybe open up a little bit more and be maybe a little? I, I To me, it sounds like you're empathic already. You feel things. But. Are you, is there a way for you to open yourself up or are you training yourself to, to, to make, you know, to, to make it easier for you to contact the other side like that? I, I am working on it. Um, I'm such, like, I'm so busy. I work, I work a lot of hours and then, you know, like I rush to go do my show. Uh, like any day off I have, I'm either doing my Bayou beauty, uh, doing something in the Bayou 
or I am doing an investigation like every day off, or I go have family day, like I try every Friday to have family day. So like my time is limited, but whenever I was living at my house, I meditated every single day. Like I really tried to connect. Two shows ago, uh, I talked to Miriam, and Miriam gave me some really great advice that I'm really gonna try to implement in my meditation. And that was to, instead of block everything out, let it out. And I just, that blew my mind because I've always been told, clear your mind when you meditate. And I think that might be what I'm doing wrong. Gotcha. Meditation is a big thing. Uh, I meditate quite a bit. Um, for me, it, it, I try and reach my higher self and to the Akashic record for information and downloads that I wouldn't normally get. Give me ideas and stuff like that. Now, you said Bayou Beauty. What exactly is the Bayou Beauty? You want to tell us about that, too? That's just another little thing that I do. Uh, it has nothing to do with the paranormal. I live on a boat. I live on the Bayou. And it's just me and my best friend, Teresa. We go out. We have fun on, on the Bayou. We show pictures. We do videos. Um, it, it's more like a kind of girls going wild kind of thing, to be honest. I don't know if you saw it, but it's, it, it's you know, it, it, it's fun. It, it's a lot of fun, and it's kind of like my relief to just go enjoy life. I think the one I saw you guys, you guys were, uh, I think you were catching crab or eating crab or something like that. It was yeah. pretty wild. It was pretty wild. And you know? we got Barbara, who was Barbara, who asked the question. We got her to go with us, teach us her method of catching crabs, which is not a way I've ever done it before. I've always thrown the net in, catch a bunch, but she just pulls it in with a little chicken wing. And then we, we, we cooked the crabs. We made gumbo with the crabs. And it was just a whole nine yards. And it just shows you a little bit of Louisiana living. That's right. That's right. Have you lived there your whole life? Whole life. Born wow. in the world, You know, just born and raised in Louisiana. How many, so how many Mardi Gras have you been to? Quite a bit? <laughs> Every year I go to at least a couple breaks. Yeah, that's so awesome. Like, uh, that's 40, awesome. Forty-two. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a wild. It's a wild ride. Now let everybody know where they can find you again, Angela. We want to make sure that people we get some traffic to go to your websites. I have them up here. So do yourselves a favor. Please go and visit her at her website at NorthShoreParanormal.com. She also has a group. In Facebook, it is a great group. They give a ton of information. You can catch all of her shows. Uh, and just, uh, I'd like, I love to hear some closer remarks from you, Angela, before we go to the other side and we tell Facebook to, and uh, YouTube to piss off. <laughs> I'm closing. Uh, let's see. Definitely, if you're into the paranormal, check out our group and check out Things Group it, because it is a lot of yeah, and it's a lot of questions, you know, like, have you ever had an experience? Uh, tell me about your experience. And it gets people to open up, and I absolutely love it. I love answering. I mean, if, you, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you see every single day I'm popping questions left and right, just trying to get to know people, trying to get into their heads, because that's just the type of person I am. And, you know, it, 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 some of them are really silly, but they also share videos. We, we have a lot of people share their lives from different houses, so... You get an inside experience of what it is to really be on a paranormal investigation. Like, uh, we just had uh, a, a, a person that's in the group, Jerry, that just went to uh, an investigation at the Hill House in Texas, and she went live. And you could actually just watch her, what she's doing inside the house, and you could see the inside of the house. And it just, it's, it's really great information. It could teach you how to do it if you ever want to get involved and do it. And if you have any questions, feel free to email me. I check my messages. Even if we're not friends, I will definitely look at it. I will message you back. 
I'm very social. I'm very nice. If you, you ever just need somebody to talk to, I'm here. That's true. Uh, you, know, you definitely are very social and nice. And we've had a couple conversations before we started doing the show and things like that. So, you know, and it was about the paranormal and things like that. And uh, I appreciate you coming onto the show. Uh, I think it was a really great show. I think we did really well explaining to people. And what, one, one thing I try and do is I try and take it as if I knew nothing. And we try and explain to the people what exactly is going on. So we're coming up on an hour now. So I, would, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. And thank you for everybody watching. Uh, please, please, please follow her. Find her stuff. We've given you all of her information. It is definitely worth your time. And I do love the fact that you guys actually do live streams of investigations so people can see what actually goes into it. It's not that easy. It's not that it's very difficult to get everything together and to put it all into one place. So, uh, like I said, I just want to thank you. We're going to, we're actually going to be going into the other side. So everybody uh, on YouTube and Facebook, if you don't have a subscription, you should get one. All right, everybody have a great night and we'll come back to you as soon as we can. Bye-bye.